Come on. Welcome to Money Savage REI, and welcome our guest, strong and powerful Martin Signs. Martin, are you ready to do this? Absolutely, George. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Martin is the managing partner of Bequest Funds. He is a professional note investor. He's the author of Note Investing Made Easy. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Martin, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure, that's uh, that's quite a few questions all packed into one. <laughs> um, I, I'd say that uh, I'd say that probably what I do is tied to where I where I've come from. So, um, like many people in this country, I went through the traditional route of getting a bachelor's degree in college. Um, you know, went on to get a graduate degree, uh, an MBA. And the whole thought process was to get that safe and secure job that, you know, Rich Dad always talks about. And what I found is that uh, corporate America was far from what I anticipated it to be. (laughs) And it was a true rat race. And, um, you know, I just didn't fit in. So needless to say, I got fired from my corporate job in 2004, which was a major blessing in my life. My wife and I just decided from that point that that we're not, you know, this is not going to work. So I could get another job and I could just kind of go go through the hamster wheel that way. And it's just uh, I needed to do for myself and, and do for my wife as well. As um, so we decided to start uh, a company for um, to go into business as, as self-employed small business owners. And what we found is um, we start we launched a government contracting company in in the D.C. area, and we found that um, that you know hundred hour work weeks was better than working for a boss, but not <laughs> not that much better. <laughs> so so we you know of course we like many people probably that listen to your program we read you know Robert Kiyosaki Michael Gerber like all these business books that you know uh, talk about being autonomous and and, and you know um, being conscious of your finances and, and focusing on your personal growth so um, we started landlording we bought the building we worked our, our you know operated the business out of we bought the neighboring building we started buying um, properties to be landlord to be a landlord and we were looking for financial freedom but what we found is the cash flow from those properties did not match up with our financial aspirations so it's a it's a great annuity play i mean yeah. uh, eventually you know the, all the debt will be paid down and everything will you know you own them free and clear and you can you can reposition from that point but we we didn't find that it was a major hit for us financially so um, we still maintain those properties. However, um, we sold our company in 2013, and I just said at that point, I need to do something to make a major change in my life. And that's where I stumbled upon note investing, something that I could do in, in my home, you know, in an office with just a laptop and a computer, and I could literally um, be on the paper side of things and create cash flow for myself and my family. And, that, and that's what I did. I've dedicated my, my life the past eight years to that. So it's just kind of research. Is that how you came upon note investing in the first place? So uh, through a local RIA and um, real estate investment club in, in the DC area, and we had one of the um, 
one of the trainers come into town and and do their their pitch and and so from that I took a workshop and um, however for the most part I I went at this um, being self-taught I picked up a mentor um, you know right away and and that that's something I highly recommend for folks but in the end to answer your question that you asked about you know a year ago <laughs> it's 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 I learned that I need to take control over my finances. I, I learned that I need to invest in assets, the cash flow on an ongoing basis versus making some futuristic play um, based on appreciation. And from that, um, because I feel like it's made a, a major change in my life and it's, and it's brought me to um, – a level of being comfortable, more comfortable than I was before, having more freedom of time. So, so I'm working now more towards freedom of time, and 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 I just I just feel like in this day and age that people need to focus more on creating additional streams of cash flow for themselves and their lives. And so I feel like almost like an evangelist that needs to spread the word that. That, um, but not only spread the word, but also given a how-to method, which is what I wrote in uh, Cashflow Dojo that I just published um, last year, 2020. And, and so that's that's really where I'm at. I'm, I'm loving life. I, I love what I do, and I have complete freedom. However, um, however, I feel this obligation to go and kind of share the little that I know. Well, I certainly appreciate that because I know that there are a lot of people who, who found themselves or find themselves in the position you're in. You're like, okay, well, this is suboptimal. I thought that I was getting myself into a rewarding career at XYZ Big Company, and, and it's not any of that. And then they start their own thing, and it's, you know, I'm working twice as hard and making just a little bit more money, but I guess it's on my terms. So what's what's that next level? So I can certainly appreciate, now that you found it, wanting to share that with 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 people. So... I don't think that a lot of people know about note investing. So why don't you just tell me what's what's so great about it? <laughs> sure, absolutely. So when you, um, to give you an example, when you go into, um, <clears throat> when, when you look to purchase a home for yourself, you'll go into a bank branch or you'll go to a mortgage company and they'll take a mortgage application and they'll run you through underwriting and approve you or deny you, <laughs> hopefully approve you. Right. And so from that point, you'll sign closing documents and two of the two of the documents that you you're going to sign is a promissory note which basically says the lender's going to lend you x amount of dollars and in exchange you as the borrower will comply to these certain set of terms you're going to pay back money on a monthly basis at this interest rate over this period of time etc cetera, etc cetera. now what now, what they're also going to have you sign is a deed of trust or a mortgage document that's going to tie that promise to the property. So that's that's the security instrument. And and so um, what mortgage note investing is is at is if you take that if you take that scenario where someone got a mortgage and bought a home, at some point, some of those individuals are going to go through a period of time where they're going to go into default. They're not going to be able to make their mortgage payment. Sure. And the bank is going to, um, the bank is not very, uh, not very proficient 
in working with homeowners to help them with creative scenarios. <laughs> As many of you who have mortgages understand, you call the mortgage company, you know, you're getting a large call center. So, um, so what happens is they go eventually, if the bar remains in default, they will go bundle those mortgage loans into tranches and they will sell them into the secondary market. And so companies like my, my company, we will go and buy those pools of mortgages in the secondary market in a defaulted state. And we will then take those mortgages and start to work with the homeowners with the mission of helping them stay in their homes with payments they can afford. So since we purchased them at, at discounts, we're able to be creative and work with them for, for solutions that fit their budget and whereby it creates a win-win. So that in a nutshell is one form of mortgage investing. Another form of mortgage investing is you actually just buy a performing mortgage where it's not in default, it's just, it's a cash flow play. So you're buying it where it's paying from day one and you, and you purchase it at a yield and um, you just create income for yourself. Okay, interesting. So banks aren't proficient at it. It's obviously banks can probably do whatever that they set their mind to. It's just that they've made the decision that this is not the business we want to be in. Yeah, I, I would, I would think that I think there's, um, other factors too, right? There's, there's, um, you know, re responsibilities to shareholders, you know, not, um, also to, uh, you know, smaller banks may not want defaulted paper on their books because it looks a certain way to, to their, to the board members, uh, and also the investors, you know, they, they can do internal charge offs and then resell it. So it's like a double dip play. Um, you know, they, or, or it's just bad press. They consider it bad PR to have this defaulted paper on their books. And, and so, uh, they just go ahead and sell it off and, um, yeah, their their main line of proficiency is is lending, and that's that's where they want to be. That the last thing they want to do, or our company wants to do for that matter, is take back that property. We're not long distance landlords by any means, or we're not set up to be. I should say. Yeah, that was what I was curious about. Is is what is what is your incentive to to get them back to performing so that they're not behind on their mortgage? Yeah, so um, creating long-term streams of income is is the mission of our company, and and that's that's it point blank. There are other um, people in our industry that that um, have a mission to take that take back the property and reposition it in some way, create a rental situation or turnkey or or, or a um, sell off with seller financing or or some other type of play. However, for us, um, we only actually take back the property less than 1% of the time because our underwriting focuses so heavily on the borrower and their ability to pay. So we really only want mortgage notes whereby we feel confident that we can help out the borrower in some way with a payment plan. Got it. Nice. And uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that when people hear about tranches and, and, and packaging up mortgage notes and reselling, it sort of makes them cringe a little bit just from, from, from the financial collapse, but that's just, that's just, just kind of how it is. Uh, approximately how many, how many, how many, uh, different loans are in, in each one of these tranches? 
Oh, well, you know, tranches get put out into the hundreds of millions into the secondary marketplace. So, um, you know, it's it's really what where your appetite is. You know, our company on that side of the fence, on the non-performing side, we picked up about 23 million last year. So just to give you kind of an idea volume wise, and, and we picked up you know, another healthy amount on the performing side as well, because we do have an income fund that just manages performing paper. So we actually buy performing mortgages on the secondary market as well. So we actually hit both sides of the fence. Um, but it's really whatever you're you're positioned to uh, to handle from from a resource standpoint, internal operations standpoint, um, and also relationship standpoint, because it is a relationship-based game, as um, as most investing is. What do you mean by relationship-based game? So it's a tight-knit community. It, it it's uh, where where people need to know you and have uh, a trust factor that that um, you know you know what you're doing. You have the internal capabilities to. Um, you know, perform ethically, perform knowledgeably with this paper that they're going to sell to you. Um, otherwise, you present a risk for them if if you're incompetent or you don't have the resources, the manpower to to um, work out these loans. Um, you know, they don't want players in the secondary space. They want to work with companies that are actually going to going to be um, you know the final stop for that bar where, where things are going to work out for the bar and and loan modifications are going to be created the, they're not looking to sell to a company who's just going to flip the paper and really doesn't have a proficiency in the in the industry yeah that certainly makes sense it might and I imagine there's probably some of those operators that come in and and, and, and they probably go up pretty fast so yeah deal it's it's interesting you know and 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 this is probably very different than a lot of guests that you have on um, <clears throat> that will, will will tell you, you know, cash is king or cash flow is king. In our industry, it's deal flow is king, and and that's really bottom line. Uh, there are players that come in here and they think because you know they have they have some heavy liquidity backing them that you know they're, they're going to get some priority seating at the table it doesn't work like that there's there's already an abundance of capital that that circulates around the space got it interesting so let's just let's just use me as me as an example and and i wanted to to invest with your fund what what does that look like so um our fund is set up as a 506c fund it's called bequest funds and it's an income fund and so um, how uh, uh, you have to be accredited that's for one and the minimum investment is 50,000 so we set it up as an evergreen fund because as the name suggests bequest it's a legacy play so we were um, myself and my partner Sean we had thought when we set this up our, our thought was that you know, we really want something that is going to be something we can pass down to our children and our children can pass down to their children, as well as the investors can do the same as we're, we're also investors in the fund as well. We're, we're heavy investors in the fund as well. And, and so also, too, we're looking for a place where we can actually hold this this performing paper and, and self-manage it over the course of time so borrowers 
can also have a place where they know that 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 they can contact us for any reason. We have a whole asset management team, you know, so they're getting really good boutique level service. So so we're also gonna we're also ensuring that you know they continue to make their payment and they'll have a home that they have paid off at some period in time. So so kind of everyone wins at the end and and that's really the bottom line how you know thought process behind bequest funds. Nice. All right. So, so I invest fifty thousand dollars, and then on on a, a recurring basis, it's it's set up so that I'm never really going to take that initial fifty thousand out. That's going to in perpetuity pass down to next generations. But what do I expect along the way? Yeah, absolutely. So it pays an eight percent pref, and um, there's a, it's a no leverage fund. So, so literally all the investors are first in line, which, um, we set it up intentionally that way. And, um, and, and so monthly distributions are are paid out for the investors. So, um, if you put in, you know, a hundred thousand, then you'll get monthly payments of $667,000 for as long as you have your capital in there. And, and so we, we set it up in a very simplistic fashion. And how we do it is um, we will buy a lot of these mortgage assets into the fund at a 12 to 14% yield. And then we'll pay our investors out 8%. So that spread is, is what allows us to operate the fund. Nice. All right. So I put 100000 in. So over the course of 12 months, it would be 8%. So $8,000 would be paid out in 12 equal payments. Yes, that's correct. Okay, got it. Perfect. With the compounding option as well for for folks, they can they can leave it in. It compounds at eight point two nine percent. Got it. Nice. Love it. Well, Martin, Savage Nation is ready for that difference making tip. What do you have for them? So, I my my tip my uh, this is my my mantra. This is my battle cry, <laughs> however you want to call it. But I only invest in assets that I can control and that cash flow. So if it doesn't meet those two criteria, then I don't invest in it. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Martin, <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Work in Savage Nation, learn more about you. We're going to get a copy of the books and how can they learn more about Bequest Funds? Sure. Um, you can go to bqfunds.com to learn about our income fund, or you can go to noteinvestingmadeeasier.com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Martin your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to noteinvestingmadeeasier.com and bqfunds.com. Check out all the great resources. Thanks again, Martin. Thank you for having me, George. And until next time. Keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. I know how important it is for me to hit reset, to refocus, reprioritize, and even reprogram myself every quarter or so in order to make sure that my mind, my body, and my money are where they need to be. These days, we are all going hard constantly with so many demands on our time, our attention. And that's why I created the Strive Online Bootcamp. To be able to take a step back to ensure that we're optimized in three key areas of our lives, our minds, our bodies, and our money. And I'd love for you to come with me 
on this two-week journey. You can click on the link in the notes of the show, or you can go to strivedetox.com. Check out the program. I'd love to have you a part of it.